Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneke Watkes-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. The first of the four instincts in my book is belief. And when you say belief, traditionally, people think that of uh, religion or faith, but belief happens all day, every day in your life. You, you believe that you should stop at a red light because if you do not, you get in a car accident. You go to work because you believe on Friday you'll get a paycheck. So every action that you take is a, a belief that it will result in some predictable result. The challenge for you to begin that process of unlearning how to be an employee and learning how to think and live like an entrepreneur requires that belief. But you can't just wake up one morning and believe. You need evidence. So what I say in the book and what I would say to everyone who's trying to make this transition is belief is reverse engineered. You start by taking actions, even if deep down you're still very apprehensive about the, the inevitability or the possibility of your success. Hi, this is Henneko. I'm so glad you took the time to stop by today. In Jamaican parlance, Wagwan. Me glad to say a dial. This episode is sponsored by HennekeWatkesporter.com as well as the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Now on HennekeWatkesporter.com, you can visit us for blogs, resources, books, online podcast courses, podcasts, and more. If you are new to the Entrepreneur Liu podcast, be sure to check out past episodes with guests such as John Lee Dumas, Patrice Washington, Seth Godin, Richard Branson, Amy Porterfield, and a host of other game changers. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now, here's today's episode. All our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Walt Disney. My friends, my peak performer, I trust that you are indeed staying safe in this time. I want to welcome you especially to episode 191 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I'm your host, Henneke Watkins-Porter. Now, today's episode is with Trey Williams. Now, Trey is a nationally recognized, and by nationally I mean in the U.S., expert in entrepreneurship and business strategy. He's horrified by the significant decline of employment. Trey's new book, Boss Brain, reveals a scientifically proven system that unlocks readers' true potential and dream. 
and anything about unlocking potential and dream, that's really up my street. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation, the discourse that we're going to have on making the leap from traditional employment to entrepreneurship. Welcome, Trey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Absolutely. And my pleasure to have you. Before we go into our topic, I'd love to hear from you if you have any Jamaican friends or any Jamaican influences at all. Um, I don't have any Jamaican friends right now. I do live in Florida. So there is heavily uh, heavy Jamaican influence on the food that we get to enjoy. Thank goodness, because I find it to be delicious. Yay, and, me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. If we can share recipes. I would be happy to learn from you. Okay. But um, yeah, so our proximity gives us some exposure here for sure. Okay, nice, nice, nice. So um, the food is really uh, one one of the things that we're most known for as well. I mean, when it comes on to sports and music and all of that, but the food is really amazing and fashion, of course. Anyways, so let's move into a little bit about your childhood story, Trey, before we get to where we want to go. So take us a journey into uh, your life as an entrepreneur from childhood, how you know that influence came about. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a, a very rural area in southern part of Georgia, near the coast. And to, when I say rural, just to put that into perspective, I grew up more than 10 miles from a red light. So I, I grew up on a farm, uh, sort of in the middle of nowhere. And I, I really think that had a significant impact on my entrepreneurial spirit, because where I grew up, there was no low hanging fruit. There was no one standing ready to give you a job. There was no ready opportunity that you only had to to accept in order to be comfortable. You really had to make your own way and you really had to look for ways to create opportunity. So I, I credit my upbringing really for giving me that entrepreneurial spirit. I, um, as a result, was never a particularly good employee <laughs> and I don't mind admitting that. But it was mostly because I, I had ambition and I had dreams that I wanted to actualize that 26 paychecks a year just wasn't going to satisfy. So I was fortunate enough to, to land in the franchise world and spent some time at the helm of a couple of international brands, which is a really wonderful community to be part of. Uh, the franchise world is filled with entrepreneurs, nothing but. And, and when you're surrounded by people who are like-minded and who tend to think that everything is possible, it really makes uh, your, your work very joyful. So I transitioned out of that work um, in order to take the lessons that I learned while at the helm there and, and quantify them and put them into a book where I could share them w with everyone out there who wants to be an entrepreneur, wants to be their own boss, but has yet to really navigate that world between self-employment or between uh, traditional employment and self-employment. All right. And we're going to spend a whole lot of time on that because I'm really intrigued. Um, having left the, the world of formal employment as well to doing my own business, but you did say something that is quite poignant and I want to spend a little more time on that. When you talked about, you know, of course, living about 10 miles from uh, the traffic light and you were like, you had to make your own way. When did you recognize or was it even, uh, did you even conceive that this is what you're actually doing, that you're actually making your own way? Or you just thought you were just going about your own business? <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, I was just going about my business. I didn't realize that that's not how the rest of the world operated. You, you just, you were just forced to, to carve out a space for yourself in that environment. And it was only when I graduated college and made it into the, 
the, the quote corporate world where I realized that uh, that some sometimes that low hanging fruit is just is there for the taking and and I took it to be honest with you because it was there not realizing that there was a potential that I might be uh, locking myself into a, a limited mindset right be, forcing myself into a mold that maybe wasn't consistent with my upbringing and I, and I didn't realize that at the time so growing up I never realized it but I realized it in a hurry once I joined the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And what has been the road of entrepreneurship like for you? Um, tell me a little bit about that trajectory, what it has been like. You know, it's bumpy, just like <laughs> just like everyone's road to entrepreneurship. And I think if you don't enjoy the challenges and you don't enjoy uh, the, the creativity that's required of innovation and overcoming unforeseen obstacles, then um, then your entrepreneurship journey might be a short one. Mm-hmm. But what I found is that just about everybody, about 70% of the population actually wants to be self-employed. There was a study done in 2018 that quantified this in the United States. And to put that into perspective, based on the size of the workforce, that's 100 million people who wish they were an entrepreneur who are currently traditionally employed. And why are they not in entrepreneurship? Oh, I love this question. So. <laughs> So this is my favorite question, and, and here's, here's what we put forth in the book. There is this ancient battle happening inside your brain, and it is the battle between optimism and uncertainty. And Mother Nature hardwired us to be optimistic, where we, we dream of this future that is better than our past or present. And that was a good thing. It inspired us to explore. It inspired us to climb mountains. It inspired us to build boats and skyscrapers and all these things. But she simultaneously wired us with a need for certainty, where all other things being equal, we will choose the most predictable path. Now, as you might imagine, these two things are at odds with one another. Uh, Being optimistic and, and choosing something that is uncertain is by definition uncertain. And, and seeking certainty of something that is readily available is by definition not optimism. So, it, this was really, really important thousands of years ago when the base of Maslow's hierarchy wasn't handled for you. But in, in today's modern world where most of us are safe, most of us have a home, most of us have food on the table, and, and relatively speaking, that base of Maslow's hierarchy is taken care of, it's causing us to gravitate toward the certainty option and, and steer away from the optimistic option. Mm-hmm. So just give us a reminder, a refresher for those who perhaps um, don't remember about, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Just give us a refresher on that. Sure. So the, the Maslow's pyramid at the bottom, just like the food pyramid, is the, the biggest one, the, the big things that we all require. And that is food, shelter, uh, access to resources, it, the, the, really the basic things. And the top of Maslow's hierarchy is self-actualization. So really, you, you may not be self-actualized in the Western world, but most of us have that base of the food pyramid, of the Maslow pyramid, where we, we have a home, we have a job, we have food on the table, we're relatively safe, and we're, we're decently fed. Um, and as a result, we fear giving up that safety. We fear giving up that predictability to chase something that is less certain. And that's why every year since the mid-1940s, entrepreneurship has declined in the United States. 
Wow, you know, interestingly, because I remember when I, went, when I was about to head into full-time entrepreneurship, one of the biggest things for me was the uncertainty of the unknown. And of course, the unknown is by, by nature, un, you know, uncertain. But um, that for me was the biggest thing. And once I got over that, I was well on my way to, you know, being optimistic and, and, and um, to chart the path that I have charted for myself. Now, you've actually stated something, Trey, which is quite interesting that you did not make a good employee. Again, something I can actually relate to. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't into my last maybe month or two months on the formal, uh, in the formal job system when I recognized, you know what, I'm going to leave. So I, I just started cleaning up all my mess. <laughs> <laughs> to right. prepare to leave. But one of uh, where where I'm heading it to right now is the fact that being an employee requires a totally different mindset from that of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes you don't necessarily first of all, I want to hear the difference from your perspective. And secondly, how do you unwire unlearn um shift that perspective from being an entrepreneur i mean being a full-time employee traditional employee into entrepreneurship so two questions a two-part question for you yeah so i'm you're actually quoting things it sounds like you've read my book already we're not yet about to right (laughs) well well it makes me very happy because you know we're we're obviously like-minded in this regard so you're not born an employee mother nature didn't wire you to, to have your life dictated by someone else, to have the, how you spend your day, what time you wake up, where you eat for lunch, who you spend your days with, what days you have to spend with your family. That was not part of your genetic code. So each of us is born an entrepreneur. That's the spirit that we were imbued by our creator with. We had to learn to be an employee. And through the, the assimilation process of education, you're told to go to school, get good grades, get into a good university, go to the university and study something where you can get a stable, predictable job, then attach yourself to a 30-year mortgage and save for your 401k. And then when you're 65 or so, you can stop doing all these things that society tells you to do and enjoy your life. And when you put it that way, you realize just how ridiculous that is. And we have to learn to follow that process and we become assimilated. And just like anything that we learn, we can unlearn it. And it's really getting in touch with what I call your entrepreneurial instincts. And and there are four of these and I talk about them in the book. And once you're able to sort of unearth these instincts and reject this requirement that we're supposed to assimilate and do everything based on what society expects of us, you'd be amazed how quickly you start thinking and living like an entrepreneur. Mm, interesting. All right. So one of the hardest things for me, you know, Trey, was for me to kind of um, really figure out, hey, but you're not, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not an employee. No, you're your own boss, right? Mm-hmm. Um it does take, although your, your, your thesis is that you are actually born an, an entrepreneur, but having been conditioned over all these years to become an, an employee, it takes a little bit of effort, maybe more than a little bit, a lot of effort to not think like an employee, but to think as somebody who is a CEO, is a founder, who is, you know, starting a business, you're running a business. Um, so how does that unlearning take place? So the first of the four instincts in my book is belief. 
And when you say belief, traditionally people think that of uh, religion or faith, but belief happens all day, every day in your life. You, you believe that you should stop at a red light because if you do not, you get in a car accident. You go to work because you believe on Friday you'll get a paycheck. So every action that you take is the result of a, a belief that it will result in some, in some predictable result. Well, the challenge for you to begin that process of unlearning how to be an employee and learning how to think and live like an entrepreneur requires that belief. But you can't just wake up one morning and believe. You need evidence. So what I say in the book and what I would say to everyone who's trying to make this transition is belief is reverse engineered. You, you start by taking actions, even if deep down you're still very apprehensive about the, the inevitability or the possibility of your success. And little by little, as a result of taking those actions, you begin to see yourself differently. You begin to see yourself as someone who does take action, see yourself as someone who has that initiative and has that drive to create opportunity where, where uh, otherwise it did not exist. And as your perspective of yourself changes, your belief begins to emerge. So beliefs are reverse engineered. And the way you begin this process of going from employee to entrepreneur is to take actions to begin reverse engineering and, and creating the foundation of, of entrepreneurship, really, which is in your self-efficacy, your belief. Mm-hmm. All right. So now is a good time for us to spend um, a little more time on the, the book itself. Making the leap from traditional employment to entrepreneurship. Well, the, you're going to tell us the title of the book and just spend a little time sharing with us how do we actually do that? I mean, you've alluded to some of those already, Trey, but just to expound some more and share some more from your book. Absolutely. The book is called Boss Brain. And I really wrote the book because I want everyone to have the opportunity and feel empowered to live the American dream. And despite what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac might tell you, the American dream is not home ownership. really yeah right and and i hate that message that they've taken something very very salient about american culture and turned it into consumerism but that's for another podcast the american dream is by james truslow adams definition in the 1931 book epic of america the ability for each of us to achieve all that is within our innate abilities and, and, and I would say that home ownership is at the bottom rung of what most of us are capable of. We're capable of quite a bit more. So I wrote Boss Brain to really expose to everyone what they are capable of, to empower them to live the American dream. And we do that by unlearning how to be an employee and being empowered by your entrepreneurial instincts, which you were born with. You have just smothered by your your need to assimilate and conform to the expectations of society. Uh, The four primary instincts are belief, accountability, focus, and creativity. And these might sound pretty simple when I just lay them out like that, because you think, oh, of course you have to be accountable, or of course you have to be focused. But in the book, I take these to an extreme level so that folks realize how far they have gone and, and really veered from these basic instincts that we're all hardwired with. And, uh, and hopefully they can take that information and, and use it in their own lives to help accelerate their trajectory into self-employment. Mm-hmm. And so making that leap, um, that, that very seemingly daunting step, you know, when somebody who depends on a salary, um, you know, 
goes into a situation where you're not sure how much money you're going to make this month, if at all, if any, you know, it, that can be kind of daunting. Now, spend some time talking about that fear factor and how we navigate and mitigate against it. Absolutely. So the the fear factor, of course, stems from the fact that most people don't understand the difference between risk and uncertainty. In risk, the the quantifiable amount of loss is known. We we know exactly what's at risk. I'll give you an example. Let's say let's say we go up to a blackjack table that has no zeros on it. It's just red and black, and we put five dollars on red. So what is the risk? The risk is five dollars. We know that that is the most we can lose because that's what we bet. And in this case, we actually know the odds. We know that there's a 50-50 chance of it actually happening. The problem is most people stem, uh, their, their fear stems because they're not thinking of it as a quantifiable amount of risk with controllable odds. They're thinking of it as an uncertain possibility where they don't know the odds and they're not in control of the risk. And that's just not the case. If you're capable of, of setting $2,500 aside to start your business and test what the market thinks about your product or service, then your risk is $2,500. Your risk is not losing everything, quote unquote, which is the, the statement that I get from lots of hopeful entrepreneurs who say, well, what if I lose everything? And I would say the only way you can lose everything is if you risk everything. And, and, and if you're smart and measured with your own risk tolerance and you control that as you as you begin in small ways, which everyone knows is the, the best way to start these things. You don't go all in at the poker table when you sit down, right? You begin adding your bet a little bits over a time, and then you can increase your bet as you feel more comfortable with the amount of risk that's left and the skill of the other player, or in the case of an entrepreneur, the, you know, the, the market reaction. Yeah. For, for those people, I would say you have to really understand the difference between risk and uncertainty. And, and risk is a quantifiable amount. Uncertainty is not. So it, it's not really uncertainty that you're afraid of, or, or it's actually uncertainty that you're afraid of, but it isn't uncertain. It's just risky. Mm, okay. All right. So we don't want to paint the picture of it, entrepreneurship all being a bed of rose and no thorns involved. So of course you did, <laughs> you did say it's a bumpy road. Like we all know that, but I want to just spend a little time sharing about, of course, the benefits as well as the challenges and, and the things that we wish we didn't have to contend with as entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you, let's talk about it broadly. Um, there are of course individual benefits and there, and those are going to vary based on what that person wants out of it. Um, I would say that most people don't seek entrepreneurship for money. I think they seek it from the validation of actualizing their own potential and, and exploring their own personal limits. And I think that is a valiant, valiant reason. Um, but let's talk about it from an over, overarching perspective. Entrepreneurs are actually, uh, they, they give on average about $1,200 more a year to charity. Entrepreneurs volunteer for nonprofit organizations significantly more than traditional employees. Entrepreneurs are civically involved. They vote at higher frequency rates. They, they spend time in positions that serve their community. Their children are much more dramatically, much more likely to be entrepreneurs. So all of these things combined means that the more entrepreneurs there are in your community, the more civil harmony 
actually exists. And I'm not surprised to see that as entrepreneurship has declined in America over the past 60 or 70 years, that that there is more civil unrest and less civil harmony. And I I do have a, a, a theory that if we were to gain back and reverse this trend and entrepreneurship was back at the 25% where it was post-World War II, that you would see a dramatically more civilly engaged and and more harmonious society. That is the real benefit, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the drawbacks, those challenges that may... (laughs) Yeah, so I'll, I'll say this, the drawbacks and the challenges are are more painful in the beginning when you haven't been conditioned to appreciate that you are 100% in control. Uh, Very often, folks who are new entrepreneurs tend to to think still like an employee and tend to think that uh, there are external variables that are affecting them when the truth is nothing affects you permanently. It's your reaction to it that becomes permanent. So, so those drawbacks are only permanent if you allow them to be. And that, that you know, there are lessons in there about agility and, and market resilience and things that you won't learn in your first few weeks as an entrepreneur. But after you've been doing it for a while, those things won't even get your blood pressure up anymore because you understand how to deal with them. And more importantly, you understand that you are indeed empowered to overcome that challenge when early on in the process, you might not have felt empowered. Mm, interesting. All right. This is a time now, Trey. Trey Williams, we want to ask you to just wrap up with your final thoughts, share your contact detail, and perhaps the the giveaway that you have for our committee. Read your book. Absolutely. So I'd love to depart by just having your listeners know that comfort is the enemy of progress. And if they find themselves to be incredibly comfortable, it's highly unlikely that they're progressing as a person or in their career. And everyone knows that you have to get outside of your comfort zone in order to experience growth. But that, that sentence doesn't really capture the fact that it is the actual enemy of progress. So you have to think about it as saying, comfortable is a place that I do not want to be because everyone tends to, to navigate toward it. And you're going to learn a lot more about this in my book called Boss Brain. And you can sign up for a limited quantity of those that are going to be drop, drop shipped direct to your listeners here prior to its release to the public. And you can go to getbossbrain.com forward slash waitlist. And there's a waitlist there where you can put your name on. There's a There are a few hundred of those left. And if you go in and sign up for those, you will be one of the people who is notified and has the opportunity to get premium first access to the book prior to it being available in stores. Sounds very good. Sounds very good. Thank you so much, Trey. Trey Williams, you have been a breath of fresh air with your insights, yep, uh, particularly from Boss Brain and just sharing about entrepreneurship and breaking down, you know, um, some of the four things, well, four things that we can con- we should be considering as we think about making that, that leap from traditional uh, uh, employment to entrepreneurship, belief, accountability, focus, creativity. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you, my peak performer, for tuning in to this episode with Trey Williams. I certainly look forward to connecting with you next week. But in the meantime, of course, I would love for you to connect with me for all things podcasting, whether it's the books, my books, the coaching, 
uh, online courses or anything that you're looking for where podcasts is concerned. Of course, to listen to all these amazing episodes with amazing guests as well. So visit HennekaWatkinsSupporter.com and send me a WhatsApp message directly um, from the homepage that comes to my phone and I'll get back to you. Now, of course, I want to leave with you my point of hope for this week. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 16. What good. <laughs>